0: Welcome to Hygiaia, a clean podcast. I've been talking about intentional, living an intentional life, a life that matters. Intention is having a goal, being deliberate, a purpose. It's an aim that guides your action. But what happens when your intentionality has to change due to something, say, like an aging parent? We're going to talk a little bit more about what John Maxwell has to say in his book, Intentional Living. And I'm gonna talk to a couple of my cousins who are also dealing with an aging parent. Stand by. So you've decided to live an intentional life. You're taking action, writing the story that you want, living a life that matters. Then suddenly you find yourself in a situation when that has to stop. You have to recommit in another direction. In my case, an aging parent. The story that I want to write is not the one that is being written. Don't get me wrong. I know being a caregiver will bring significance to my story. My purpose is still the same, but this is the part of the story that you don't want to write because you know what happens at the end of this chapter. You know you will be a better person in the next chapter. This is the chapter where you are both observer and participant, main character, and yet sidekick. I read this quote, Love is doing the right thing for someone even when the feeling isn't there. The right thing is sometimes hard, and not everyone has the same ability to handle the stress of caregiving. I will reach my limit at some point, but right now I just do the best that I can. In Maxwell's book, Intentional Living, he talks about uh, when you take responsibility for your story and intentionally live a life of significance, how will you change? One, you will reaffirm your values. Acting on what you value will clarify those values and make them a permanent priority in your life. I don't think my parents ever realized, my dad especially, they lived a pretty intentional life. He took care of my mom, me and my brother. He always made sure that we were provided for, and he took care of my grandparents, especially after my grandpa died. He was always intentional. His entire goal was making my mom happy and making sure we had everything that we needed. Part number two, You will find your voice. Taking action will give you confidence to speak and live out what you believe in front of others. Well, I am certainly speaking out. Sometimes I complain. But I am going to live out what my parents taught me. This is what you do for a loved one. You take care of them to the best of your ability. That's what my parents taught me. That's what I'm doing. And I have a voice now since I have a podcast. So I hope I found my voice. Part three, you will develop your character. Everybody loves character development exercises, right? Passive people allow their character to be influenced by others. Active people struggle to form and maintain their character. They grow and develop because of that struggle. Struggle fun word to say, not a fun word to live. Number four, you will experience inner fulfillment. Contentment is found in being where you're supposed to be. It's found when your actions are aligned with who you are. I was thinking more along the line of eating lots of chocolate, but apparently that's not what John Maxwell is talking about. When we live our lives intentionally for others, we begin to see the world through eyes other than our own. And that inspires us to do more than belong. We participate. We do more than care. We help. We go beyond being fair. We are kind. We go beyond dreaming. We work. Why? Because we want to make a difference. Significance is messy. It's inconvenient. It's overwhelming. At times I've been disappointed in myself. I've also been disappointed by others. All the couldn'ts, didn'ts, and wouldn'ts in my life have shown me my shortcomings. The story I wanted to write and the one being written are different, but that's okay. My strikeouts have developed my character and my hits have been unforgettable. When your story of significance moves from ideal to real, it will begin to remake you. In his book, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, Don Miller talks about how he learned About writing a good story. He was actually making a movie of his life based on a memoir he had written and he comes up with these points. He talks about writing a good story with our lives. He says in a story the character wants something and overcomes obstacles to get it. People can't live a story without a role to play. Good stories don't happen by accident. They are planned. If you aren't telling a good story, no one thinks you died too soon. They just think you died. Live life like you're writing a movie. He says the same elements that make a movie meaningful are the same ones that make a life meaningful. A character has to face their greatest fears. That's the stuff of good stories. Most of our greatest fears are relational. We think our stories are about getting money or security but the truth is, it all comes down to relationships. Once you know what it takes to live a better story, you don't have a choice. Living a better story would be like deciding to die. Deciding to walk around numb until you die and it's not natural to want to die. The point of the story is the transformation of the characters. If the point of life is the same as the point of a story, then the point of life is character transformation. If the character hasn't changed, the story hasn't happened yet. Life itself must be designed to change us. We'll be right back after this. As your story starts to remake you, Maxwell says there's a few other things that will happen. One, it will bring others into your story. When a person stops moving, so do the resources. As you step into your story of significance and take action, you will find this to be true. When I move in an area of significance, I also ask people to join me. There's great power in inviting others to join you. You can share significance by inviting others to be part of your story. When you invite others to join you, you both change and have better stories to show for it. I think that's kind of what I'm doing this podcast, interviewing people that already have some pretty interesting stories. And working together with them, I think, will be a lot of fun. Part two, it will increase your appetite for more significance. I know that once I started adding value to others, it became an obsession in the best sense of the word. The more I did it, the more I became intentional in finding other opportunities. A butterfly cannot go back to being a caterpillar. When you start living the significant story, you get a taste for making a difference and you won't go back. Number three, it will outlive you. I mentioned in the previous podcast about legacy, that's the big buzzword now. And I had thought about this for a long time, what I was leaving behind. And it came about when a close family member died and people were getting up and saying things about this person. And I realized I had no good memories of this person. This person had left behind hatred, anger, and bitterness. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I was being intentional and I decided I was not going to leave that kind of junk behind for people to have to deal with. And so that was my intention, and I try to live my life that way. And hopefully, that will be my legacy. So if anybody shows up at my funeral, and they say good things about me, they actually really mean it. In Maxwell's book, The Leadership Handbook, there's a chapter on legacy titled, People Will Summarize Your Life in One Sentence. Pick it now. By getting into your story and becoming intentional about making a difference, you can choose your legacy. What an opportunity. Today, you and I can decide to live a life that matters, and that will impact how we will be remembered after we're gone. You know, I always joke that my tombstone is going to say I was just here for the food, but I think the more People know me, they will probably, yeah, that's probably how they'll describe me. It's finding all these fun places to eat and trying all these different foods. Certainly, if you're living an intentional life, your kids and grandkids are going to see that. But if you're not living an intentional life, have you given any thought to what you're modeling for your kids and grandkids? That's an important issue. If I hadn't seen my parents take care of my grandparents and my dad's grandma, I would have never known that that's the right thing to do. That's just the way I was raised. So it's something important that you should think about. There's a section in Maxwell's book called Your Best Story, where he talks about the movie Amistad. And one of the quotes from the movie is early in my career in the law, I learned that whoever tells the best story wins. I want you to win by telling the best story you can with your life. As you think about your life story and how you want it ultimately to read, I want to leave you with a final thought. I often teach that we have two great tasks in life to find ourselves and to lose ourselves. Ultimately, I believe we find ourselves by discovering our why. We lose ourselves while traveling the path of significance by putting others first. The result, the people we help also find themselves and the legacy cycle can begin again. That cycle has the power to live on after us. When I die, I cannot take with me what I have, but I can live in others by what I gave. When I come back, we're going to talk to two people that are writing the same chapter that I am. Stand by. people these days are interested in making healthy lifestyle changes and disease prevention. What if there was something that could support your immune system, lower cholesterol, and improve your overall health? Check out my website, dvon, V-A-U G-H-A-N dot relive, R-E-L-I-V dot com. See what we have to offer. Yay! So... Welcome back to Hygieia. and I've been talking about um, intentional living, living a life that matters, and trying to do that with an aging parent. And I've got a couple of guests on the line that are going through the same thing as me, and um, a couple of my cousins. And I'd like to introduce Deb and Jenny.
1: Good morning. Thank. Hello. Good morning. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Thanks for taking the time to uh, kind of talk about this, although we talk to each other quite a li- quite a lot on the subject. Um, so I'm just going to ask you some questions about some of these circumstances, and maybe this will help some other people that are going through the same thing. So I'm going to start with you, Debbie, because you're the oldest. <laughs> and uh, and I think, I think you've been doing this a lot longer than uh, Jenny and I have. Um, but your situation you have both your parents and at one point you were driving it was four or five hours uh you had two kids uh full-time you and your husband had full-time jobs and you had your own business and you were driving back and forth um jenny and i are like we're not worthy (laughs) right um we well you do what you gotta
1: do (laughs) yeah
0: yeah so when did you first start noticing that your parents were having problems
1: actually it was probably around five years ago and we tried to get them to move here but they just weren't ready yet so um you Mm. know and you can't force them to do anything that they don't want to do because they're adults and you don't want to take over their lives so um but two years ago is when they um they moved down here it's been about two years and we got them a uh, like a apartment in a adult home area. So, you know, everybody else be around their same age. Uh, and, um, and they love it there. It's just, uh, and it's, <laughs> and it's, you know, three miles from me rather than four and a half hours.
0: Much yeah. Yeah. So that I can't imagine the stress of having to, to do that. I mean, I'm, I'm currently doing that now, but I only have one parent. So it's still difficult. Um, Right. Yes. Right. Yes. And um, and so, Jenny, your situation was a little bit different. Your parents are younger than ours. Yeah. Um, when did you when did you start noticing that your parents were having some problems?
2: Um, probably about six years ago, because when they live, we lived, you know, we we're six hours apart because I moved to the UP right. when I was pregnant with, the, you know, Johnny. Um, mm-hmm. And mom would come up here to help. Um, but I didn't realize any issues with them until they moved closer to me and they wanted to be up here near the kids. So when right. they did move up here near us, it's like, holy crap, <laughs> there was actually some <laughs> stuff going on over there.
0: <laughs> so, so you didn't have any, any inklings of how bad things were until they got closer to you. Right. Because, you know, right. I wasn't well, going we down there it.
2: because the kids were little and issues with Julie, my daughter. So all her, you know, her mm-hmm. autism, her diabetes and everything. So we weren't traveling down there and they never right. traveled hardly up here together. So you don't see them together that often when they were coming up to visit. <laughs> so you don't really see much. <laughs> but once they so moved they're worse up together. Here, like, oh, oh, they're <laughs> terrible together. But. <laughs> 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 to see how they're married this long is beyond me but <laughs> <laughs> but, you, <laughs> but yeah I didn't see anything until they moved up here
0: <laughs> okay well yeah because I'm kind of in the same boat only I'm still driving back and forth right. although we're we're making progress <laughs> but, so, well, cause we were doing, cause like you guys said five and six years ago, well, my mom passed five years ago. Right. So that whole year before she passed, I was doing that four and a half right. hour drive and, and stuff. And, you know, cause we kind of knew it was, you know, towards she didn't have much time left. Um, so I want to ask you guys about, um, how has this changed your relationship with your parents? Cause you're not just daughters anymore your caregivers especially in Debbie's case I know you're over there every day um, giving them help how how has this changed the dynamics of your family
1: uh well it's um at first uh you know I was there every day doing everything for them and that's not a way to do it um, you know they they need their independence and I need my independence and it drained me mm-hmm. to the point where I was I was sick you know and so you you have to prioritize you know yourself and let them do some things you know because you start feeling a little, not anger, just um, you start feeling like you, you don't have time and you don't want, to be there if you feel that way you know so I needed to step back a little bit and luckily my niece moved here and I and I asked her if maybe she could go over there once a week and um and you know take her shopping or because my mother is in a wheelchair and she can't do anything I mean she's um dependent on you know other people you have to help her get out of the wheelchair and she needs to help dress bathing meals transportation and so forth and uh, she has Parkinson's and heart failure, congestive heart failure. So, um, And then she had a stroke, so she has no use of her left side. <clears throat> so, you know, I, I try to get her to exercise and, you know, do things like that to help herself. Um, and it's very frustrating, you know, when um, they, you know, she, it, she's in depression just because of the fact that, you know, she doesn't have her independence you know, that's been taken away. Right. And and it's difficult to watch. But, you know, I, I try to do what I can do, because I love them. And, you know, and I want to um, spend time with them, because I enjoy them. You know, I really do. And I, and I like to go over there and help them. It's just, um, you know, you start to kind of <clears throat> feel a little resentment when you take away from your family, but then you gotta step back and you gotta, you know, say, okay, so I need to prioritize my goals. What, what can I do for them? What do I need to do for my household? And I, and you have to step back a little bit and do other things like with my business, you know, and COVID as well, because I, I do a lot of um, photography things for, um, for events. So a lot of my events have been rescheduled and rescheduled and rescheduled and then canceled (laughs) eventually because, you know, there, there's no sporting events. There was no, um, fundraisers, you know, so, you know, that, that helped a little bit because I, you know, I was on the computer for hours and hours, you know, doing editing and ordering and things like that. So, um, so that was right in the vicinity of when this all started. So, you know, that, that makes a difference there, but, you know, I love them to death and I I try to have them do their own thing sometimes, but, you know, I go in once a week and clean and I have somebody go in and, um, and she goes in and helps mom, you know, sometimes showers or do, you know, exercises, just companionship. She needs that. But then I, you know, I do the Mm -hmm. shopping and errands and, you know, I do the checkbook and paying the bills and order their prescriptions and go pick them up and, (laughs) So, yeah.
0: yeah. Yes. And still and and, and your kids are, are grown right. now. So they're they're off doing their own thing, too. So that helps. And so what about you, Jenny? How has having them right next door um, and seeing how things are? How has that changed? your relationship with I them, have to say Debbie's a all. rock
2: star because she's been going through this longer than we have <laughs> yes definitely, yes, definitely. definitely. a little more intense <laughs> on her end because <laughs> I always tell my mom if, yeah. if I have to go through what Debbie goes through you guys are going in a home.
0: <laughs> yep, I've I've told my dad the same thing, but he doesn't seem to care.
2: <laughs> my mother refuses. So right, <laughs> yeah, your mom refuses. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, yes. So, um, uh, you know, it,
2: I think with that ahead, start, you know, I see more, and I ch- chose the the opposite way of Debbie. I still just focus on. My kids, you know, I don't go over there unless I absolutely have to, because (laughs) their their whole reason for moving up was to help me with Julie. Mm -hmm. And when they moved up, it it turned completely around into helping them with everything. So there was a little resentment. And your kids are still school age. There was a little, you know, resentment on my end because it's like, okay, I can't be over there all the time. Because at it's that time, you know, right. when they first right. came up, Julie still had a lot of appointments going on. And I'm like, they're constantly calling me. And I'm like, you guys are still fine. <laughs> 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 but, you know, I had, my dad would call, can you come help my mom up? I'm like, what? I go over there. She's sitting on her butt on the floor. I'm like, what were you doing? <laughs> and she's like, I'll oh, just climb in this little two-step ladder and I can't get up. It's like, can't he pick you up? <laughs> You know, just stuff like yeah. that. And she will go to appointments, yeah. but she won't tell everything. So I finally started going to some of her appointments where they're just so exactly. it's like, yep. come on, are you going to tell these people <laughs> mm-hmm. everything or not? And and yeah. they and don't work yeah. together at all over there. <laughs> She thinks he's you know, after them. crazy and repeating. And she's like, I don't know if he's repeating or if I'm just losing it. And it's like, well, I think you both are. <laughs> and they yeah. don't share with each other their medical issues. So neither yeah. one of them knows what yeah. the I'm- other's got going on. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, my, oh, my, my parents God. When
0: my mom was alive, they were the same <laughs> yeah. way and stuff. But But being still four hours apart and as sick as dad has been, he doesn't, plus the dementia, Yeah, you know, he doesn't say anything. And so I, I'm like you, I hate having to kind of go behind their back, right. but there's somebody that's got to stand up, you know, because dad doesn't remember some right. things. I don't know everything, but, you know, somebody else, an extra set of ears to make sure that they get what they need. Yep. And, um, yeah, and I didn't, because he's been staying with us off and on and, you know, I don't know if it's denial, but I always think I have this feeling, Oh, well, his dementia is better than it was yesterday. And it's like, no, it's not. He's just having a good day or he's having a bad day. And I understand, I I don't know if it's resentment, but it feels like sometimes maybe it is resentment, but it just feels like sometimes just like. I'm not sure that I love him anymore. We had some really bad, bad moments uh, last January where he almost died and he went yeah. in like a full on zombie mode. He didn't know who I was. I mean, in the mm. hospital. And um, I was just like, why am I even doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, I, oh, it was. Yeah, it was kind of like I was working and you know, kind of like you, Debbie, I was working, I'd leave work at nine o'clock at night, drive four hours, you know, when he's in the hospital. And then I come home for a few days on the weekend, Kevin would take his weekend and go up. And honestly, couldn't have done it without my Mm -hmm. spouse. But it was just so much pressure to try to have a life and travel. And that's, I I agree with Jenny, Debbie, you are. So are you.
1: I mean, you, you drove, you know, every weekend you know and I remember you going up there yeah. and you know with your mom there and it's so hard because yeah. you know what you're going into and you know yeah. it's not so a hard drive yeah
0: <laughs> As I was so stressed out at one point I got in the car and I couldn't remember how to turn on the car oh, when my mom was alive yeah, you and so I went I had I had to I had a doctor's appointment and I was like, do I have dementia too? <laughs> I was like, I thought I I thought seriously thought I was getting dementia, but it was actually I thought I was handling stress. things, stress. but I was yeah. so stressed yeah. out. And stress um, can
1: make you sick. So, yeah. you have to be very careful. It can. Yeah. It can.
0: And so, yes. Yeah, so, well that would be my next question. What do you guys do to stay healthy and sane? I think I I think I know Jenny's answer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't talked about this. (laughs) Oh, you're (laughs) so I know and I know I think I might know part of Debbie's answer. It starts with the letter M.
1: (laughs) Oh. Well, you know, I mean I I make sure that I have the weekends, if possible, to mine and my husband's you know, so he has hockey. Mm -hmm. So he plays hockey Friday nights and Sunday nights. So I make it a point to go, you know, to his games and, you know, it's a little Mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, just us, you know, just to get out once in a while and do us. And then my kids, you know, um, my oldest is going to college. So he's here sometimes not, you know, so, you know, I I like to spend time with them as well, but they're busy, you know, so I make a prioritize, you know, that I like to spend time with my husband because he works, you know, a lot of hours during the week. So we try to do it on the weekend and go do something fun for us. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I sometimes you, you know, if you have a little bit of a hobby, you know, I think that mm-hmm. kind of distracts you as well. You know, I'm going to try to get my dad into a hobby this year. He, he bought an antique car. And uh, so he's Mm -hmm. kind of excited about that. So that makes me excited because I know, you know, it's difficult because they have nobody here because they moved here and all their friends are back in Ludington. And it's, it's difficult Mm -hmm. because, you know, they're starting new, you know, they don't know anybody. And then with COVID, you know, like a lot of the things, events that they have, they don't have right now, you know, so they can't go out to meet people. So, you know, so I try to, you know, you know, take them and go do fun things and, and so forth. But, you know, just sometimes to yourself, um, you need that family. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So what is your answer, Jenny?
1: Uh, a lot of outdoor stuff.
2: <laughs> fishing. Yeah.
0: You guys got four wheelers and oh, snowmobiles yeah. spend
2: and spend a lot of time outside in the woods. Um, of course, the kids are still pretty active. So I have their stuff. And if my phone's ringing more than once or twice, usually that means that mom's gonna be calling a lot that day. And after the second one, I just ignore it. <laughs> Yesterday was like five times. Oh, and it's sh- always you know so she- stupid. <laughs> Yesterday was Netflix. She needed Netflix. She- you know, she might but- <laughs> listen to
0: this. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah I hit yeah, ignore. So- yeah. A lot. And that's <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Because I know if it's really important. Okay, I won't call. Or she'll message, but some days it's like five, six phone calls, and it's like, oh my
0: god, yeah, yeah. Insane. That that you're not alone. I know
1: you're not alone. That's that, that's yeah. About
0: no, no. <laughs> yep, yep. It's insane. Well, yeah. Take the phone away. Well, Dan. Yeah. It's Like some days she'll call
2: me yeah, and it's Dan. like ask me something so silly, and it's like, what you call me
0: for
1: that? <laughs> she just wants to talk.
0: <gasps> yeah, well, yeah, lonely. she's probably lonely, mm-hmm. and you know, even though you guys are right next door, they're kind of isolated too. I mean, they hadn't been up there very long before, right? COVID He's not now, he gets out all the and time. She,
2: you know, she just hangs with me and mostly Julie, and she's never been mm-hmm. really an outgoing person anyway. So, oh, really? Yeah, strange, like but see? yeah it's really weird because you know, she doesn't really have a lot of people she talks to and she's always been that way. Yeah.
0: Wow. And see, I'm just the opposite. See, we had just moved down here (laughs) when COVID hit. And so, you know, and I spent a lot of time with dad going, you know, so I didn't have any connections here when COVID Uh hit and stuff. And of course dad's up there by himself and, you know, of course they canceled all his shows, car shows and all that stuff too. So I think that is, in a way, he's comfortable there, but he's lonelier and and stuff, too. So that was kind of difficult. It was difficult for me because I had no connections here. Right.
1: How many times did he call you a day? (laughs) um,
0: Sometimes. Well, I talk to him every day, but sometimes uh, he might call me once. That's not bad. He doesn't. He doesn't. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't all this stuff i didn't know all this stuff was going on with his doctor's appointments and stuff be him canceling and all this stuff and, and not showing up i didn't know right, about all this nobody nobody ever told me this had been going on for wow. a year and finally i started calling people there's like oh yeah and you know this and he didn't show up for this appointment and i'm going what <laughs> and so yeah so that was you know, and maybe I was in denial. Maybe it was a little bit of that. Look, I need to get my life started before you fall apart, you know, which isn't going to happen. But so I had some issues, but I have way too many hobbies. And, you know, and with all the traveling, um, of course, Kevin works all the time. So um, luckily, I lost my job when COVID started. (laughs) So that was, it was a blessing in disguise because now I have the freedom and I have my own business. I can work for my car. So, now um, travel. yeah, exactly. yes. Yes. Um, to get up on the technology and stuff to be able to spend four hours on the phone with social security and medical insurance. <laughs> exactly. And I, I spent a whole four hour drive and I was on the phone the entire time. I don't even remember oh, the drive. Yeah, I, I did it. You know? So, <clears throat> So, I have the the luxury to be able to do that right now. I say, Lux, you but, two
2: both are ahead um, of me. I'm so, following behind, <laughs> and I am just not looking forward. Well, but your, to parents,
0: it. <laughs> well, but your parents already live next door, so <laughs> Lucky me. you know. Um, yeah, yes, well, dad's been living yeah. here, so. <clears throat> <laughs> so, anyways, um, I read a quote once that says, "Love is doing the right thing, whether their feelings are there or not. And sure. I think when you're dealing with something that's so I don't I don't know, it's so emotional. It
1: nice. it's
0: it's an overwhelming, and it's so easy to kind of shut mm-hmm. down. and yet, and yet we still mm-hmm. do it. Why? Why do we do it?
1: <laughs> Love them, and they devoted their time and energy to you growing up. So, yeah. um, you know, so you, you know, you, you should do the same. I, it's respect. It's, yeah, you know, I, my- I do a lot for my right. mom
2: more than my dad because I see the type of person he is. So I'm more attract or attracted to helping her. Mm-hmm. And him, I kind of avoid, but. You, I see, you know, you see kind of, like per- she doesn't get any help from him. So that's the reason I help her more.
0: So, yeah, right. Well, there's the personality oh, yeah. difference too. Cause there are times when dad just, he, and it's, it's nothing. I know he's sick and he's got dementia stuff, but it's just like, you don't want to help them when they're having right. a bad day and, and stuff and, and cursing you out and stuff. And, you know and you kind of know like my case i know a lot of that's yeah. the dementia and i understand the frustration because i'm dealing with the same doctors and and things that he is too i just don't feel as bad <laughs> you know I, I mean i don't have that physical pain or whatever right. that he's dealing with but but when they're cursing you out and saying all this stuff and you're just like you know on some level
2: yeah it's not i know them.
0: this is the case for you too i know on some level it's not them but You just want to walk away and leave. Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: Yes, you want to run away. Yes, and I've I've done that a few times. I have an appointment in Indianapolis. I'll be like, should I just drive to Kentucky? Maybe I should just go to Kentucky. Maybe things will be better there. You know, (laughs) Kentucky is really close. (laughs) So so you get those weird things in your head. But for you guys, at least, now, I know my parents modeled this. They took care of my mom's Mm -hmm. parents and and Grandma Cook. You know, they did the best Mm -hmm. they could you know, to take care of their parents. And that's what was shown to me. And I know, Debbie, your your dad took care right. of his mom. You know, she was right across the street yeah, for did, them
1: uh, from, until she passed. Yeah, so they took care of them, yeah. too.
0: And so, yeah, so it was modeled to us that this is what you do. And and now you're just kind of like, holy mackerel, is this what my parents went through? You yeah, know, it's uh, <laughs> just like... You're
1: so sad to see them in that situation, and you know, yeah. it's Um, and then you think, you know, where am I going to be? You know, you get that yeah. age, and it's just it makes you wake up and you know want to take care of yourself a little bit better than. You know, they right. like
2: did, yeah, because you know they didn't take care of themselves, yeah, and they still don't. No. So, no. <laughs> so it makes you want to better, so you don't end up like that. That's a whole nother podcast <laughs> that's there,
0: but well, I mean, you almost, you have to, and dad made himself really sick taking yeah. care of my mom. So, you know, and so that's why I don't feel as bad. like you, Debbie, I don't feel as bad about taking my time. Uh, when he's here, I just come upstairs and do whatever, do work on a sewing project or whatever, or do my podcast <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, or actually work my business. I don't, I don't feel as bad doing that because I have to stay sane and I have to stay mentally healthy because so I don't say something that or do something that's going to hurt that relationship anymore because I know it's not really him and stuff. But so, and that's, and that's pretty intentional. I mean, we're certainly living lives that are making a difference. Certainly you guys, your kids are seeing this model too. And hopefully, you don't get to the point where your kids have to take care of you. But I mean, we're not getting any younger here, girls. So
1: you're going to have a wing (laughs) off the one side of the house, and that's.
0: (laughs) I know that's what we. That's what we always. That's what we tell my mother in law too, because she's she's eighty now. So, you know, and I know Debbie, your parents are what eighties. Yeah, yeah, well,
1: Mom, I have the baby. Yeah,
0: Yeah, Yeah. then they're sixties. So they have a long way uh, to go. They need to straighten uh, up. Anyway. (laughs) exactly exactly uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: what
0: what did they say exactly. ship, up or ship out and so so dad would always yeah dad would always tell me you know when we were growing up my house my rules so now when he comes here I'm just awesome. like my house my <laughs> rules Good. so you know I was just like and he'd be like well you shouldn't have to take care of me I said well this is what you taught <laughs> me it's your own fault so,
1: yeah oh yeah
0: so don't complain about <laughs> it so um Well, I think that is unless there's something else you guys wanted to say, I think that's all the questions I had. No, Um, I
1: just, you know, you just, um, you love your parents and you do what you can do for them. But, um, you know, you got to remember that um, you're going to be there one day. And I truly believe what comes around goes around. And, uh, you know, you, you, you know, you can do the best you can you know and you got to put right. the best you know your best heart out there and and try to do what you can for for them you know because they have nobody else and uh it's difficult right,
0: right. and and I know like my mom that last year we had never been really close we didn't get along mm-hmm. really well but that last year that I had with her actually as sick as she was um and with mm-hmm. the dementia that made things <laughs> interesting too um <laughs> You know, I actually have some good memories of her now right. because there was no point in bringing no. up the old junk because at this yeah. point, you know, and stuff. So I actually have some, I'm glad that I had that year. Yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. stunk, you know, kind of like the last year has stunk, you know, with my yeah. dad, but to, ha- you know, they're not going to be here forever. And um, you have good memories, which mm-hmm. you try to make some memories and stuff and try to give them whatever comfort you know, like you said, because we're all going to be there. And, you know, that's part of the life that matters is there was a quote that I think he said something like, he goes, if you're not living a good story, nobody thinks you died too soon. They just think you died. So whatever we're leaving behind, uh, because other people are watching too, not just our kids. And uh, and there are days when all I do is cry and whine. My poor blessed <laughs> husband, but um, you know, and so and we have we have those moments. But other people are watching how we're dealing with it, and they
1: are, you know, maybe and they that, know you're doing well because you know. I mean, like my parents are in that in a home area, and and I'm there a lot more. They don't. A lot of people don't have people. No, who, they don't. You know, so right. they and they're individually by themselves, which is more sad. You know, when they have nobody. So, right. So, I I try to have my parents, like with Easter, I made up six extra baskets, you know, just little things that's in them. And I asked my mom, I I said, okay, so once you pick six people and we'll go give them some Easter baskets, put it up by the door. She did, and she was just, she loved it. And the people loved it. I think we can all agree that Debbie's just (laughs) an (laughs) overdoer.
0: Yeah, she's an overachiever.
1: I don't even have to ask Pat about the
0: behind from Debbie. It's like, damn. (laughs) Oh, I know. Well, I know. I think I think we need to talk to Pat about the behind the scenes moments. (laughs) uh oh. (laughs) Because I'm listening to her talking, but (laughs) damn, do I even want to say a word? (laughs) No, no, girl, you're. Yeah, well, you know, everybody does whatever their ability is. Now, if I had a full-time job and kids at home, I wouldn't be able to do this. Dad would be down here. It would yeah. not be yeah, a question. Be- or he'd be in yeah. a home somewhere. So everybody has different situations. You know, you know like with my situation, different- I have
2: Julie, who I've gotten to a great exactly. point in her life, but I'm still going to have to help her the mm-hmm. rest of her life, you know, with personal yeah. stuff, with living right. with, you know, She's learning to cook now, but a lot uh, of the stuff you know, the that deals happen. with real life situations, she's just not there, you know, living on her own and all that. So I'm going right. to have to be dealing with her. You, so I always tell my parents, me. "You start bullshit like Aunt Elsie. <laughs> You're going in <laughs> a home, you know."
0: <laughs> well, but you have done you have done an amazing job oh, with Julie yeah. as a fantastic. And that's why kid. I
2: avoid the parents. I mean, she. <laughs> Yeah. You know, because I'm working so hard <laughs> with her, it's hard to split that time up at times. And I tell them that, and it's like, I can't do it. Right. You guys have to do it on your own.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but your daughter, she raises money for charity. She teaches classes on diabetes to kids. I mean, she's just like, I mean, we could spend a whole podcast talking oh, about her you. accomplishments. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, well, Johnny, yeah, Johnny there too. I mean, he, you know, he's <laughs> way high up in the Boy Scouts and stuff somewhere. I'm, well, he does yeah. a lot of good stuff too. He's in Eagles yeah, Eagle now Stout or something. Now, yeah. So, he, so, so he, you know, obviously you guys have done very well um, even before your parents moved up there. And you're, so that to me is amazing too. Your kids are, even with the autism stuff, are very well rounded, you know, good kids that
1: are just being capable, on the Facebook you know. app. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, That'd so, great. so I mean, don't put yourself down because you not like Debbie because you've done. Um... <laughs> oh,
2: Debbie's like Debbie okay. for Debbie all is
0: the look. Upon Debbie is like the goal far from Yeah. It,
2: well, far from
0: it. I Debbie to, is like, I like the
2: gold. My mom all the time. <laughs> Debbie did this or Debbie does that. It's like good for Debbie.
0: Oh. <laughs> 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 Let her be the golden child. That's fine with me. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, She can she can have all that, but anyways, I just, don't we'll go think-
1: <laughs>
0: Dude, just go somewhere. Well, I have I still have a four hour drive, so but it's very hard to ugly cry, you know, when you're trying to dodge semis and stuff. But
1: Lots of tissues.
0: Not not a smart move to ugly cry on the highway, but but you know, you, you do what you gotta do. So <laughs> But anyways, well I appreciate you ladies. Go I got to love them. Yep. It's
1: against a lot of killing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, in some countries <laughs> it isn't, but <laughs> but uh well, thank you. That's that's not an option, but I thank you guys for taking the time to kind of share a little bit. I mean, we laugh, but this is not it's not a fun time. You got to laugh so just to get it's through, laugh or cry yeah. So exactly. Yeah that certainly helps that yes CBD. <laughs> um uh, i knew jenny would agree with that yeah, I
1: have so a glass of wine <laughs>
0: i stay away from winter. okay there you go well we yeah yeah well we can we can get you hooked up with some cbd too so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but thank you ladies i hope you enjoy the rest of your day and uh we'll be talking to you soon although not live <laughs> all right
2: love, Thank
0: you. You love you guys too love you guys too okay bye